Hey, one more thing before you go. What if we had an opportunity to get a review of our lives from a past life and how it relates to us in the present? What if we didn't have to wait to die to go to heaven? How about a way to discover your soul's true purpose for this life and why advanced souls choose harder ones? In this episode, we're going to answer these questions and more when we talk to a woman who shares her experience and how you too can experience it as well. I'm your host, Michael Hurst. This is One More Thing Before You Go. My guest in this episode is Vondi Lozano. She's a Michael Newton Institute Certified Life Between Lives facilitator. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. Vondi was led to life between life hypnosis by her dog, which helped prepare her for the loss of her disabled mom, which we're also going to touch on. She has a background as a licensed marriage and family therapist and is a psychology professor who was featured in Cosmopolitan, LA Parent Magazine, and the Wall Street Journal. And in this episode... She's going to provide us with a glimpse into the afterlife. We all want to know about that and what our souls do after we die and before we're born into a new life. Welcome to the show, Vondi. Oh, thank you, Michael. So happy to be here with you. Thank you for the invitation. It's an honor. It's an amazing opportunity that you give to people to kind of give us all, I mean, we all want to know a little bit about the afterlife. We all want to know about reincarnation. We all want to know about what is there on the other side. So um, I'm really excited about this conversation. Thank you for joining me here. My pleasure. Thank you. Uh, I, as you know, on some of my podcasts and everybody that uh, joins us on these conversations, I start at the beginning. So let's start at the beginning. Where'd you grow up? South San Francisco, Bay Area. San Francisco. So you're a California girl. I am a California girl. It uh, San Francisco is kind of cold um, in the wintertime. Right. Yeah, cold and foggy. foggy. Cold we and lived foggy. under a fog bank. We lived under a fog bank. I didn't know any better. <laughs> so when I came to L.A. for college, I stayed because there was sunshine. So what, what was your, what, what was I like growing up? What were your parents like? Um, my parents loved me very much, but they were teenage parents and a lot of, a lot of pain, a lot of trauma, a lot of substance abuse. So it was, it was a challenge, but again, I didn't know any better. I was the good kid, the overachiever, and, um, it worked for me until I got a little older. And that's how I ended up in the therapy field was exploring my own personal journeys and working all that out. From my perspective, you have any brothers and sisters? I have a sister two years younger. Two years younger. And we look like twins. So if you ever see anybody that looks like me, but they don't recognize you, it's my It's sister. your twin. I can say, wait a minute, I do know you, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I know you adjacent. <laughs> mm-hmm. Kind of one of those things. We're actually not twins. We just look like twins. Just look like twins. <laughs> yeah, well, people would mix us up in school. Well, I, I, my brother will get mad at me for this. Luckily, I don't, my brother and I don't look the same. And I'll just leave it there. <laughs> okay. Okay. You, you you wouldn't you wouldn't confuse us. Um, <clears throat> so you left there to go to university. Where did you go to university? Azusa Pacific University. It was a Christian college down in Southern California. Now I know that you're you're a psychologist and a therapist. Did you go there for to be a psychologist or a therapist? Well, and actually, it's a, a therapist. Psychologist is a doctorate in psychology. Oh. I have a doctorate, but it's academic. I know that sounds 
silly, but it's so therapist. Yes. I went there. Well, actually I didn't know what I wanted to do, but, um, I wasn't ready for the big league colleges just emotionally. I just think I wasn't up for it. And the church was part of what saved me. And then of course, later on, I had to be sort of saved from that. But initially uh, it was a community for me that really helped. And so I went to a small Christian college and that was the main reason I went there. But I did study psychology as well as uh, Bible, a bit of biblical literature. Biblical literature. You know, it's an interesting that you, that you've gotten into, and I grew up Catholic, so when I say those, it's interesting that you, you've evolved into your, your new line of work, which we're, Absolutely. we're going to delve into. <laughs> yeah, exactly. From, from that I've come a far, a far journey from where I started, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, I, I, I'm not a practicing Catholic. I've, my views have changed. I'm still a spiritual individual, and, and I believe in God, mm-hmm. and, I, you know, and I, I believe in angels, and I believe in the afterlife, and that's where, uh, that's where, in reincarnation, that's where the Catholic mm-hmm. Church and I kind of parted ways. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, it's interesting that you kind of kind of moved into that. What got you? I know that you had some um, uh, some losses in your life that kind of put you in a new direction. Uh, can mm-hmm. we talk about those? Yeah, and just to kind Oops. of back up a little bit, I actually started on this journey when I was around thirty. I had a really serious health crisis, and I Western medicine. I didn't find any help. And so I started working with a holistic healer and she was very psychic and very open spiritually. And I started having kind of psychic dreams and um, hearing voices, which I never like to say, because in my field, that sounds really bad, but getting messages. And so that's kind of what started it. But again, I was teaching at a Christian college. I was back teaching at Azusa Pacific and I was teaching and so I was kind of half in, half out. So that's where I started, I would say, the awakening. She, my holistic healer would say, um, you know, sometimes that's what it takes to open you up. But the losses were when I lost my dog. And I'm always embarrassed to say that because it was just a dog, but I was Dogs devastated. Yeah. And, and there were some other things that kind of made it more complicated, but yes, I, I was devastated. And so I had already been doing hypnosis as a talk therapist. And one of my friends that I trained with said, "Um, you probably know about Michael. No, she actually said, would you like to go to see this medium who connects with people and pets on the other side? And that was where I learned about Michael Newton was the mediumship teacher. I was taking his classes and workshops because I was so enthralled with the afterlife. And it was the only thing that brought me comfort. And so that's where I learned about Michael Newton. And then that gave me something. My mom and I, before she passed, would talk about the afterlife because I would share all the things I was learning. And she didn't completely understand it all, but she was open and, and interested. And so that's what kind of helped prepare me and us for her passing, which came a little bit later. Yeah, you know, it's interesting the way, well, earlier, growing up Catholic, like I said, it, um, I kind of went the same, almost the same route in, in regard to that. I grew up with dysfunctional parents uh, in the first place already. It must have been the, uh, the generation, I guess. It it uh, kind of put me in the direction of being a cop. Um, but that job opened my eyes to a lot of the possibility of, of what we're going to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. And you mentioned that you were practicing hypnosis. So I'm, I'm familiar mm-hmm. with some of what you, you're doing here because I... 
uh, while I was in law enforcement er, early on in my career. Oh yeah, I became uh, an investigative hypnotherapist or hypno hypnotist, not hypnotherapist, but an investigative hypnotist, where I was certified in that, and it was new, you know, fairly new, mm. and we were regressing people back, which I know you'll understand. Um, mm -hmm. We were regressing victims back. Uh, of violent crimes and things like that so that mm -hmm. we could kind of uh, evolve their memories, um, awaken those memories of certain things that they were um, closing off that they didn't want to mm -hmm. remember. And it allowed mm -hmm. us to continue an investigation and open and explore. Wow. Um, unfortunately, we weren't allowed to bring that into court with us. Um, of course. At that mm -hmm. time, it was kind of one of those things, you know, they, people thought it was hokey and... You know, right. I didn't think it was really worth anything, but in reality, it, it panned out a good portion of the time. We were able to mm -hmm. get a part, take a partial license plate and turn it into a full license plate, um, mm -hmm. and then that in turn match it to the car that was seen in the area, you know, this kind of a thing. Uh, so yeah. it kind of it kind of worked out really well, I think. Um, so after you saw the medium, um, you. Uh, and the holistic, I appreciate that too. The the holistic approach to to life, I think it allows us a um, a more relaxed vision into what the mm -hmm. possibilities are. Do you do you agree with that? Yeah. Well, and for me, it just started opening me up to there's more than this life and validating. You know, my whole validating my experience. My whole family is a little. Um, I don't know what the word would be, but a little, we would call it intuitive, I guess. Or, you know, we, we would be the kind of family where we would say, uh, someone would call and they would say, oh yeah, I was, I was thinking of you, you know, but like, and then they would call kind of thing. So, connected. and I would have, yeah, very connected. And I would have um, sensations as a kid, but I didn't know what to do with it. And so it always kind of scared me because, you know, in the Christian world, all of this is yeah. really bad and evil basically. So the holistic healer, it was kind of like I sort of got pushed a little bit out of my comfort zone. And then I always say only my little dog could have pushed me all the way out of my comfort zone into opening me up to the afterlife in the way that that happened. So that that loss within itself, the loss of your fur baby. I'm, yeah, my I fur baby. That's fur what the baby. medium calls them. Yeah, my fur baby. Exactly. Yeah, we call ours. Um, it... It, a lot of people don't understand. I, I believe that our pets, our animals, our family, our fur babies all have a soul and that those uh, live on. And, uh, you know, we can communicate with them here and Absolutely. we can communicate with them yeah. on the other side. Um, so I, 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 I applaud that, you know, that you moved in that direction. I think that uh, it allowed you to become uh, more intuitive, more open to what's mm -hmm. on the other side, which is a really good thing. Um, how did that help you? I know that you lost your mother. You said your mother was disabled. Mm -hmm. So she was paralyzed at age nine as a child. She was never supposed to sit up or walk and certainly not get married and have kids and have a life. And she did all those things, but she used a crutch most of my life as a kid and was in a wheelchair later in her life. But she had had dozens of surgeries and um, never fully regained the use of the lower half of her body. And so it was a very, very, very hard life. In fact, in getting ahead a little, jumping ahead a little bit, you know, in the Michael Newton Institute, Life Between Lives, the general gist of it is the more advanced the soul, the harder the life. So when my mom and I would talk about this and I would tell her what I was learning, I would say, I don't know what you were thinking, mom. And she would say, me either, you know, that she chose 
such a hard life. But yes, it gave us um, a way to talk about this life and the afterlife. And even right before she passed, we had some really important conversations. That's interesting. Uh, you you mentioned that about the, I must be a really advanced soul. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Uh, I'm going to tell my wife that every time I, next time I really say, why, why, why? She, I'll just have to tell my wife, remind me of this, will you? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, so getting into uh, past lives in in what we what you call the life between lives. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about life between lives. What is life between lives, LBL? And uh, you reach it through hypnosis. Yes, yes, and and yes, LBL exactly. That's LBL. kind of what, what we how we refer to it. But life between lives. So um, I'll try to be succinct, but. The general gist of it is Michael Newton discovered it by accident. He was a psychologist doing hypnosis and he asked a woman to go to the source of her loneliness. But instead of going to a past life or something earlier in this life, she went to the time in between life. So what we would call heaven. And she was with her soul group. We all have a soul family that we incarnate with over and over. And it turned out no one in that life had incarnated with her in this life. And that was the source of her deep loneliness. So Michael Newton went on to do 7,000 cases without telling anyone because he didn't want his research to be contaminated. And they all said basically the same thing. And he wrote that up in Journey of Souls. And he's written several other books. And he's since passed on, but the Institute has certified about 200 of us who now can kind of carry on this work. So it's a way under hypnosis, you can go to the time in between your last life and this life and I can talk more specifics about what we encounter, but there were basically certain stations that people visited. And then to me, the one that got my real attention was the place of life body selection, where you found out why you chose this life. What's your purpose? Why are you here? So once I recovered from my grief, I was like, holy cow, if we could all discover why we chose this life and what's our true purpose, like, wouldn't everybody want to do that? So that's what Life Between Lives is. Yeah, I find that really, really, really interesting because, you know, my wife and I have had the discussions and I've had some discussions with uh, people on this podcast in regard to um, aspects, but it, 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 was, it was explained a little bit differently. Like um, mm-hmm. yeah, where you just talked about going to kind of see why we chose this life. Um, mm-hmm. It's been told to me as a book of records uh, or a hall of records where you go. That's one of the places people go. Is the hall of records. You know, you they call it the library, Akashic Records, Akashic Hall of Records. Records. They call they call it different things. Most often they call it the library. And but it's where there are books of all your lives. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, I was going to ask you that. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. It's different for different people, but there's books of all your lives. You can check out the book of Michael's life and, you know, thousand years ago. Um, but there's also people have gone in and they pull books off the shelf about things they're interested in. Like I had one man pull off a book about love and a heart hologram burst out from the book and it gave him information about how to find love in this life. Someone else, their son, uh, was an addict and suffered from, um, addiction and some other things. So they were looking up books on the brain and telling me all these things that I couldn't even understand. But, but there's also the books of our own lives as well. And sometimes they can step into the books and anyway, so kind of like a hologram. 
Now, do you, do you think, um, from your experience and what you've learned here, because giving us a glimpse of the afterlife, as, as you said, does it allow us to reflect on, um, is our fate set in stone when you talk about the no. book like that? Or... No. Yeah, it's kind of, it's a little complicated because it's a little bit of both and, but basically you get to find out like, why did I choose to be Michael? Why did I choose this family? You can even see the options you turned down. So there might've been three top choices and, and your guide might've said, well, we would really like you to take the Michael life because you're going to learn a lot in that life. And you might've said, well, I'd really rather go and be rich in Hawaii, you know? And he said, well, let's try this one. Yeah. And you said, being the advanced soul that you probably are, you said, no, I'm going to sign up for the, the heavy duty stuff. So you can see why you chose the life. You can even see the people you're going to work with. Um, some of the ways you're going to know who you're supposed to connect with and what you're here for. But think of it as like trajectories or potentials. And that's why one of the things the council tells people over and over, that's another place people go is where they meet with wise souls that oversee all their lives. But the council will say, um, relax, don't take life so seriously. Um, Basically, don't worry if you don't get it all worked out because there's always a do-over. And there's a do-over in the sense that there's always another life if you're still incarnating. But also, if you miss the lesson initially, there'll, there'll be another opportunity. You know, feel like, think of it as like the trajectory kind of just shifts and it goes this way. You know, it goes a little bit different direction. Mm-hmm. But there's still an opportunity to still learn that lesson. So no, we still have free will, but... Um, we do have certain things we want to accomplish. And then sometimes people don't accomplish their goals. Mm-hmm. And I've had sessions where th- when they cross over and their guide meets them, we discuss, you know, how did you do with this life and the goals? And, and the if you want thing. later on, I have a really funny story about someone whose guide was really pissed off because they were screwing up. Absolutely. Uh, we, we have to touch back on that. I do have a question that was raised <laughs> okay. with the discussion we just talked about, um, it, uh, about the, uh, the council. One of my fa- mm-hmm. well, my wife and I's favorite movies is Defending Your Life. Um, mm-hmm. and Meryl Streep and uh, I always forget this guy's name. Is it Robin Williams? People keep telling me to watch it, it, but I haven't seen it. It's not Robin Williams. He's a fantastic comedian. He just passed on a few years ago. Actually, well known. Um, this indiv- this movie, Defending Your Life, is just mm-hmm. a very it, you gotta watch. You just have to watch it. Yeah, I know. And, Everybody always tells me, and I just forget. I'll have to put it in my list. Yeah, but, and basically, it's about this guy dies unexpectedly, and so does she, uh, Meryl Streep. And um, he, he's like, "This can't be it," and he gets put into a holding pattern. And obviously, this is not all about the movie, but it's about kind of what we're talking about. Um, mm-hmm. He gets put into a holding pattern, and then he gets assigned this guy um, to kind of guide him through. Um, let's see where you're at in life. Let's look at back at this life and you know, find mm-hmm. out where you made mistakes and where you can change. Um, and then mm-hmm. uh, let's go look at some of your past lives. And I, mm-hmm. I won't give anything away, because, but there's some really mm-hmm. funny moments in that, um, especially the, 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 uh, the respective look at both Meryl Streep next to him and then him. He's kind of going, mm-hmm. geez, I could have done, I could have taken her life and, and instead of this one that I took, which is what you were just mm-hmm. talking about. So I find that mm-hmm. kind of ironic um, that mm-hmm. he wrote the movie like that and, and did this. Um, do we get 
Do we get something like that with this with the council that you're talking about? Is that sort of like a review of your life? Um, yeah, it's 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 kind of the high point for me doing the session most of the time, because the council is where we go before wise beings, and um, the council is different for everybody. I've had a fair number of advanced souls come recently, <laughs> and the council's made up of really interesting characters, kind of like out of that Star Wars scene in the bar. I had one recently where, two recently, where there was an alien on the council, if you want to talk more about that. Cool. It appeared as a reptile. Some Greek gods, Yeshua, they don't call Jesus Jesus, but Yeshua, the actual incarnated Jesus. And, um, and sometimes they just are beings in Greek robes in a, like a marble hall. Sometimes they're sitting beside a river and the wise beings are trees, but more often they're beings or light beings or for advanced souls, advanced souls, kind of alien or very higher beings. But, um, there's specific questions we ask. And then we also go off grid of course, but it's basically, how is this soul doing? How are they advancing? What are their goals overall as a soul through all their lives? And then every now and then we'll look at a past life and how does that relate? But um, there's a little bit of, you know, how are they doing? How are they doing in this life? And this is also where people can bring specific questions about this life, like about their career or their work or, or why am I struggling with this issue? And they'll remind them, oh yeah, you're struggling with this issue because you wanted to develop compassion. So you're in this situation or you're a very brave soul and you take on these really, really hard lessons. I've had people with Holocaust past lives and they were told you're really brave, but you need to take better care of yourself this time. Um, so it's a bit of a review, but it's not even specifically a review of this life. It's more a review of their overall progress as a soul. And this life is just one piece of that. But we can get information about this life and how it fits in with everything. I don't know. Did I answer your question? You did, absolutely. I mean, and the whole thing of it is, is we all want purpose in life. We all want to know why we're here. Why, you know, why this, why that, why... I mean, I was a police, when I, I told you before, and my listeners know, my viewers know, I'm, I'm a retired cop. Um, that's what I chose to do for a career. That's why I mm -hmm. loved being a cop. I was a really good cop. Mm -hmm. uh, put a lot of bad guys in jail. And um, then I get injured. And then I continue, and I'll be honest, and people have known part of my journey. Um, uh, I was in a wheelchair. My daughter pushed me around in both. My daughters pushed me around in a wheelchair. My wife had to walk me to the toilet. It's kind of one of those things where you question. I, I was a good cop. I wasn't. I wasn't corrupt. I wasn't. A, a, right. Forgive my language. I wasn't a butthead. You know. Mm -hmm. it, it. It. And you kind of go. I got angry. I got depressed. I got. You know. The whole gamut. Uh, I grieved. Sure. For the loss of all that, and then I questioned. Right. Why I thought this was my purpose. I was doing a good job. I was on my way up right. as a sergeant. I was on the way to lieutenant. Uh, those around me, people work with me, went on to be a lieutenant, captain, commander, assistant chief, chiefs. You know, that was my, what I thought was my trajectory, my path. And I got thrown off that path. And the question was why? And and I still, yeah. occasionally I still kind of go why? Um, but then I found I had to reinvent my purpose. And I was able to find that purpose because I did connect a little bit more with the universe and what was being told right. to me. And my daughter helped me right. with that immensely. My oldest daughter yeah. helped me immensely yeah. with that. But, and I found out that, okay, well, maybe my purpose 
that was part of my purpose to learn some of that. Right. Part of my purpose was to be a good person and be a good cop. And I mean, I caught two of America's most wanted, really bad wow. people. Wow, um, wow. So there was a reason for me being in that job. But now sure. there's another reason for me being here. And it's allowing me to kind of motivate and inspire and educate people with regard to hope. Um, I was told by five doctors I'd be in a wheelchair for the rest of my life. I am not in, there's no, my puppy's not here, so I can sit up, I can walk, I can stand, I walk two, three miles a day. Yeah. I can inspire people, motivate people, tell them that, you know, there's always another way. There's always a way around mm -hmm. this. So I, I was able to find my purpose. Everybody wants purpose. So, and I heard just now in my head, they had a higher purpose for you. You had a higher purpose. Well, a I hybrid. think this is it. Thank you. That that validates that uh, very much. Mm -hmm. I that to me that touches me a little bit, a lot actually. Um, mm -hmm. The we all would like to know. Everybody wants to know. Just like with the afterlife, everybody wonders what's on the other side. My father-in-law, yeah. before he died, he um, was very atheist, and uh, he goes, "Thought when you die, you just go to a dark place. It's just dark." That's all you do. You just experience dark. Um, we have found out when I spoke to another medium actually on the show who had, did not know anything about that. Um, and this is all along the same line of what we're discussing. Um, sure. She just out of the blue at the end of our conversation, she said, hey, there's a guy that is trying to come through. And she described my father-in-law to a T. Mm -hmm. And said he's trying to get a message to um, assuming your wife, and so I brought my I brought my wife in here. She was working from home that day, and and she said, you know, this is so and so and so and so. He's talking about this, talking about that, and it wasn't dark, you know. He met uh, he he his um, he was more close to his. That's a good English, isn't it? I have a master's degree. <laughs> he, he was, I understand. <laughs> he was closer to. Um, his grandparents than he was with his um, father and his mother. So he met them on the other side, and he says, oh, and the only complaint I have is there's no scotch over here. Well, that was a <laughs> clue because that was his favorite drink, see? Right. So my right. wife got, oh, wow. So it gave us the opportunity to kind of learn more of the fact that, yes, there is something on the other side, and yes, that door Absolutely. is open. Um, and, and we all want to know what happens when I die, what happens when I yeah. die. You mentioned... I think in um, I may have it, I may have had it off of your website or in some of the the research I've done on you, but you mentioned uh, the hit the hit movie Soul, um, which is oh a yeah, I love that movie. Fantastic yeah. movie, love that movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, my wife yeah. and I've watched it several times. We love that movie. Um, the and everything about it, that the stuff that it won, the uh, the music in it, everything just really resonates. Uh, is is that kind of do you do can we relate the experience that you just talked about similar to that i think there's a lot of similarities i always say they got a lot right there's parts that i didn't agree with like the slug chasing the little souls around in the afterlife i don't get a sense that that's there and they just but, drama. Um, yeah thank you and then they also had the great before and then they had another higher escalator going up to the great beyond but what they the one thing I think they did miss is they didn't realize those are the same places in the afterlife. So the place we come from and the place we go back to are the same place. So it's almost like we just keep getting recycled back into this life. And we don't always come to earth. We go to other places and 
and eventually we stop incarnating. But, um, but yes, I, I had uh, one of my former clients tell me that she actually saw what the little baby saw, souls saw in the nursery when they were peering over the edge of the like the opening to slide down into earth. She said, that's what I saw. So oh, I think they got a lot right. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, that's they amazing. Do. You know, it, mm-hmm. so, and I, I know you mentioned this earlier, uh, that we pick our lives, we pick our families, we pick who we want to go with. Sometimes we question that, right? <laughs> Growing up with the, yeah. with the dysfunctional Yeah, what was I thinking? Like, exactly. But at the mm-hmm. same time, it also allowed me to be a good cop because one of the reasons I became a cop was because mm-hmm. of those experiences. I, I was a DUI Absolutely. DUI cop for a long time because my father was an alcoholic. Both my parents were. Mm-hmm. Then I, and mm-hmm. and um, there there was a. Uh, um, I also was a domestic violence. I worked uh, four years with a domestic violence task force, and that's all mm-hmm. we dealt with was domestic violence. So mm-hmm. th- that allowed me to contribute back to society from that perspective. So right. I am grateful to a certain perspective in regard to mm-hmm. that, and also made me a better father. And it made me a better parent because I, I thought, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to, in no disrespect, as a, if you're still listening, mm-hmm. um, it allowed me to understand this is what I'm not going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to ensure that my kids don't grow up in that environment and my mm-hmm. kids are going to have the opportunities that I did not have uh, based upon that experience. So, yeah, I, you know, I think that you know, that works. Um, we talk, we've talked about uh, reincarnation. And, and the fact that we reincarnate in through different lives. Um, mm-hmm. And we talked a little bit about regression because uh, I mentioned about my hypnotic, uh, mm-hmm. hypnotic, my hypnotism experience with mm-hmm. regression. Uh, can we distinguish between past life regression and life between lives? Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for asking. So uh, let me think how to say this. I know a lot of people are probably familiar with Brian Weiss. He's the one who sort of popularized past life regression. He was the psychiatrist who sort of like Michael Newton, he stumbled on it when asking someone to go to the source of her anxiety and she went to a past life. So traditionally we've thought of past life hypnosis as what is the purpose of, let me back up, like looking at like, how is my anxiety related to a possible past life? So, and I'm just going to differentiate between the two. Whereas even my, even Brian Weiss felt that there was this in-between place. He just didn't explore it in the same way that Michael Newton did. So in Life Between Lives, we don't just say, how is my current issue related to a past life? We say, how is my current issue related to the fact that I chose this life? And how does this life, sorry, I got a little allergies, fit within all those lives? So when we do life between lives hypnosis, we actually incorporate past life hypnosis. We do the first, it's a two session process. So the first session is a past life session and you cross over into the afterlife at the very end and meet your guide. So it's just a little taste of the afterlife. And then the second session, we do your immediate past life because that's our entryway into the afterlife, into the time before this life. So we do your past life and then we say it's like a near death experience, but without the death, you cross over but a near-death experience would stop after a certain point because you would come back to life. With this, you get to continue and spend the bulk of the session. The experience is the time between your last life and before you became Michael. And why did you choose to be Michael? And there's several other places that people can visit, and I'd be happy to share a little more about those if you like. Sure, if we could talk about that, that would be great. I think that um, 
like I said, we all want, we all kind of want a glimpse. We all want to know. I mean, I don't want to give away all of your secrets. Obviously, we want people. To no, that's okay. You. you can know it all, and everybody will go to different places anyway. But um, so we would do, like I said, if you were coming in, we would do your past life session with a little bit of afterlife at the end, and we navigate around in that life and find out and release. Sometimes there's healing. You know, there's things that people still need to release. And then the second one, we do your immediate past life. Same thing. We will go around in the life a little bit, release anything that needs to be released. And then you cross over. And from here on out, I'm just like holding on. Because the first one, I kind of am navigating around. I have a little bit of an outline of where we're going to go. In the second session, your guides are running the whole thing. So sometimes you meet your guide. The more advanced souls don't meet their guide when they cross over. They just go right to the middle of the life between lives because they don't need that like orientation time. So they'll pop right into their soul group usually or some other places. So these are some of the traditional places Michael Newton found when he did the book. Now it's a little more varied, but initially it was people would usually meet their soul guide and, or excuse me, spirit guide. And their spirit guide, your spirit guide has been with you since your soul was created. You were your spirit guide's graduation present. So when they stop incarnating, then they take on a new soul and your spirit guide took on you. So he's or she has been with you since your soul was created. So you meet your spirit guide. That's often a really emotional reunion because you've been together for thousands of lives and thousands of years. Then people, if it's been a hard life, will often go to a place of healing um, a waterfall, a crystal bed. It's different for everybody. And we'll take a little time there to sort of recharge. So that's why it's different than just traditional past life hypnosis that says, how did we carry stuff from life to life? It's not like karma and we're carrying stuff. I think my email just went off. Let me close that. It's more that you chose these lives because you're working continuously on these lessons. So, um, place of healing, then people often go to their soul group. And that's where you encounter the 10 or 12 or 20 beings you incarnate with over and over. And this is the really fun part is we get to say, okay, so the first being that approaches you, are they male or female? And they'll say male or female. Who were they in the last life? So your last life, Michael will say was Sam. Who were they in Sam's life? Oh, this was Sam's brother. Oh, okay. And you'll connect with that. And then we say, and who is this being in Michael's life today? And you'll be like, oh, it's my best friend or it's my son. Or, and that's where people, the lights just start coming on as you get to see who these people are. And sometimes people are surprised who's in their soul group. Their ex-husband might be in their soul group. They're like, what the heck is he doing here? But before this life, you guys got together, you know, and said, I'm going to do, I'm going to be the bad guy and you're going to be the good guy because you want to work on strength or, and I need to work on compassion or something like that. So soul group, and I could go on, council, place of life, mm -hmm. body selection, other planets, other dimensions, labs, classrooms. There's a whole variety. Now, now mm -hmm. from my Catholic background, I have to ask you this. Is, is sure. there a dark place? Is there a, like hell? Is there some kind of a dark place? Nope. No dark place. What about karma? How does karma play into this? Because I've, I've studied yeah. Zen and Buddhism and a whole bunch of different philosophies from my conversations, actually, in regard right. to different philosophies of life, different you know, religious philosophies in life. What about karma? 
It's not karma like in the traditional sense that I've heard of it, which is, you know, like I'm being punished or rewarded for past mm -hmm. actions. Again, it's more, um, <clears throat> well, actually, I just had one session recently. It's the Molly session that um, you and I talked briefly about. I have that new podcast, Soul Guide, and um, Molly was one of the most recent sessions. And they said she had some fear, some karma that she was working on. So they were encouraging her to have adventures in this life. Mm. to just clean up the last of that fear. So it wasn't like she's being punished because she did something bad. It was more, she's just, they're trying to kind of get this soul to, to have a little more strength mm. and embrace her power. Perfect. So it's really more, we choose lives for a lesson, not we're being punished by some outside forces for something we did or didn't do. It's a real <laughs> different view on karma, I would say. That's my experience. That is, yeah, it's kind of a unique view uh, of karma. Mm -hmm. um, it makes you kind of uh, worry, wonder about certain individuals within this world, like the uh, Jeffrey Dahmers. And I mean, mm -hmm. from, from my old profession, we dealt with individuals that were just evil and, um, you know, did evil things to, to people. And you kind of wonder whether or not they're going to get karma or, or justice mm -hmm. in regard to that. Um, mm -hmm. I know you mentioned. Can I that. say a little bit about that? Absolutely. I can respond to that because yeah. Michael Newton, in some of his books, they push on that subject a little bit more. And basically, um, people always say, you know, what about like Hitler or something? And so the gist of it is that some souls, if they can't be repaired or healed or basically rehabilitated, they use the word like reconfigured, like their energy is reconfigured, mm. almost like they're sort of, I want to be careful because I, I don't want to overstate it, but just for the most part, we all choose these things, the good and the bad roles right. um, to develop something in ourselves or to develop something amongst sort of the common, the universal consciousness, or we're all trying to learn some lesson together. Right. But but he does address that. Michael Newton wrote about that, that some souls, he was asking somebody over and over, what about this? What about that? And they said, you know, some souls could be reconfigured. So I picture like clay being like remolded re if, if, they, if it wasn't like fixable. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. It is, it gives us some kind of a, of a, uh, I won't say satisfaction, but, kind of a satisfaction to know that they won't continue to come back and do the same thing over and over and over again uh, to get away with the same thing over and over again from that perspective. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> talk about, uh, we talked about the soul groups. Uh, do we find our soulmate there? I mean, I, I Oh yeah. 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 Oftentimes there's a primary soulmate, which is a soul that you incarnate with over and over. And very often it's a romantic partner, but not always. Sometimes in this life, they might be your best friend or your police partner or, mm -hmm. um, but it's often someone we have many lives with as a romantic partner. Yes. Oh, that's interesting. I, I believe my, my wife is my soulmate uh, currently here on earth. I mean, mm -hmm. we've been through, we're celebrating 33, 33 anniversary this year, the 33rd. Congratulations. Um, and through everything, the, the rehabilitation, mm -hmm. the operations, the everything, you know, she's been really a, a rock solid individual and mm -hmm. has been with me through this whole journey, and along with my kids. You know, we've all taken this journey together and, and I'm very, mm -hmm. very grateful that they're 
part of my life, so I have to put that out there. Um, when you mentioned spirit guides, do we all have uh, our spirit guides? I, I believe in spirit guides. I call on my guides all the mm -hmm. time to ask for help and to whisper mm -hmm. in my ear and give me guidance mm -hmm. and kind of push me forward. Um, are, those the same, are those the same guides that we meet uh, if we take this journey? Mm -hmm. life in you, usually. So the, in the first session, we'll meet your spirit guide usually at the end. And then most of the time, that's who shows up to greet you. Though, like I said, advanced souls sometimes just skip the spirit guide greeting and jump right into the middle of the life. And the spirit guide may show up later on somewhere in there. But yes, we all have a spirit guide. That, that works. I wonder, I wonder, this is just a little humor. Uh, yeah. You have to bear with me. I wonder if, like, because in, in, I flash back to uh, Soul when he's trying to jump into other, you know, uh, he was trying to jump into somebody else from up there. It's like, no, I don't, I'm not staying up here. I'm just going to dive down into there. Oh, uh, right, 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 right. Is that possible? I don't think so. I, I had to ask because it's in the movie, right? No, and, and I've heard people talk about this, but I don't mm -hmm. think so. At least that's not what we've found. Yeah, they have a... It would be like a, like my job here on earth was the cop. You'd have little uh, angel cops trying to catch these. these. Uh, oh, right. Okay, so I'm not remembering exactly this part of soul, but you mean like the spirit guide jumping into the life with him? Is that the, what you mean? No, the spirit, he, he wanted to jump into somebody down on earth. He didn't want to reincarnate back as a baby. He... Um, oh, he wanted to like hijack somebody's life. Yeah, hijack yeah, somebody no. else. At, at, least, at least that's not my experience, and I haven't read anything about that in the Newton mm -hmm. books or anything. No, yeah, I don't was, think so. I think that was fun for the, just fun for the movie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. <coughs> well, I got through most of this without coughing. I think you're doing great. Um, you say that we don't have to wait to die uh, to go to heaven. We can go there now. Is, is that part of the LBL? Well, I just, to me, it's the easiest way to understand that the place in the afterlife is what we would traditionally call heaven. So yeah, I feel like everybody who's interested can have a session and they can find out what they do in between their lives. So the place you'll go after this and the place you were before, it's all the same place. In fact, most people refer to it as home and that is real life. This is where we come just to practice our lessons. This is where we come to do our like field work, if you will. That's home. I've had souls. In fact, you were going to say something else. Otherwise, I was going to keep going. No, no, go ahead. Keep going. Oh, I've had souls say, you know, this is more like home than anything I've ever had on earth. Oh, that's just, very interesting. And even just recently, the, the Molly session, in the middle of the session when she connected well, even the first session, when she just got a glimpse of the afterlife, she said, I miss them. And she started crying. And then in the second session at the soul group, uh, actually at the council, it became clear that she was training for this kind of higher order in the council. And she just said, I miss them. And they were trying to entice her to kind of get these last lessons worked out in this life so she could stay there. Because oh, after a point we advance, we don't incarnate anymore. So it's amazing to me the connection is so strong. Literally, people burst into tears because it's like, oh, my people. That's what she kept saying to me when we were talking about it later. My people, they're my people. How could I have forgotten my people? Is what she said. Now, do you think um, time is different on that other side? In, in that, there, mm -hmm. 
for, for in regard to, let's say that my father up there is still waiting up there. My father might still be there. He died in 1977. Mm-hmm. Is there a time limit up there to, in your experience that they have to be in, within that arena before they incarnate back down again? Or is there a, mm. a fairly quick turnaround? Well, I've heard, I have a whole bunch of thoughts that came on the time thing, but I'll, let me start with the first one, which is, um, we used to wait longer to reincarnate, but now that there's more of us on the planet, we're coming back more frequently. Um, <laughs> but yes, time is very different up there. There was one thing I heard where it said, I went and talked to my spirit guide and we had a little chat after my life. And they said, how, how someone asked how much, how long was the chat? And it was something like, 10 minutes, our time, 20 years, your time. You know, just the time is very, oh. very different. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. it. It's significantly <laughs> different. Um, and, and I even, can I throw in one more piece? Absolutely. I'm going to take a little drink here. Hold on. I even had one person not that long ago. Um, in fact, it, it was Brian. He has a podcast grief to growth. I'll just throw that out there. But he came on the show to share about his sessions because I did his sessions. I watched him. Um, Okay. He's great. Well, in his soul group, it wasn't just his people. It was all his past life selves because he said the lives are all happening simultaneously, which I've heard before, but it's hard for me to wrap my brain around it. So I try not to think about it too much. It kind of blows my mind. Yeah, that concept is, wow. Uh-huh. So they would say all time is now time. So while you're at your council, between your hypothetical Sam life and your Michael life in between, we can ask questions about this life, even though you're really, you really went there after the last life and we're asking questions about why you chose this life. But we can also, because all time is now time, ask mm-hmm. them, well, what's going on with my daughter? Or why do I need to do this? Or what should I do about this? So time i just say time is very bendy that's well einstein kind of said that time is all loose mm-hmm. back in within each other yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that kind of makes a lot of sense um mm-hmm. yeah I, uh, earlier you mentioned you had a funny story and i, I was oh. it, it, it's probably going to be related to my next question about what people seek out on the lbl sessions okay. does it relate to that or is it just something um, completely funny different? No, it's completely different. It was a, like a rogue session, but it was when I was brand new and it was really interesting. So, uh, But uh, let me ask your other question. People are usually seeking out their purpose. So usually people are at some sort of a crossroads and they're like, you know, what what is going on? And every now and then it's just people want to know, heck, mm-hmm. I just discovered this. I want to know what is my purpose? Why am I here? I mean, that's why I did mine. I was like, holy cow, like who wouldn't want to know this? We all want to know that. I mean, mm-hmm. again, I, my story earlier, it, I thought I was on one purpose and it turns out I'm on another purpose. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it just makes me happy. I mean, being a cop made me happy too, but I was also mm-hmm. tired and grumpy mm-hmm. and, <laughs> mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. put on a lot of weight, not from the donuts. Mm-hmm. I was a bagel cop. I, I, I love <laughs> bagels, not donuts. Um, but it's hard work, emotionally hard work, hard for work. sure. Got called out all the time. Uh, lack of sleeps, which shifts all the time, you know, stress mm-hmm. constantly, you know, and so, yeah, there's, mm-hmm. there's always, there's always, but I'm grateful for, I'm grateful for the experience and the people mm-hmm. that I've met there and the people that I've dealt with. I've had felons that sent me a, a card and said, thank you for changing my life. 
um, mm-hmm. because you treated me like a person and not like a felon. And mm-hmm. because of that, I changed my life. So, you know, things like that mm-hmm. made me feel good for what I did. Now you have a funny story. Okay. You got to hear that. So, yes. And it's funny because the person is really private. And initially, they didn't give me permission to share anything before the session. But afterwards, I said, oh, my gosh, can you please give me permission to share this story? And she did. So um, this was the session. I was still pretty new uh, getting my certification. So just sort of learning how to do all this. And the person, when they crossed over, so they were a Wall Street person during the crash. And after the crash, they kind of gave up and just took a kind of a silly job and sort of lost interest in life. Well, after the, when they crossed over, after they passed, they were met by their guide and their guide was pissed. He was annoyed and he told them they had to go right back in and incarnate again because they had wasted that life. And I was like, okay, that is not in the book. That's the one thing they told us. They never go right back in because there's this whole life between lives. So I was like, okay, is this guide playing a trick on me? Because sometimes they do. And it turned out he was upset. So we went to the place of life body selection, even though we just got there. And and even the life body selection people were kind of looking at each other like, I don't know. And the way it works is they're seeing everything and then they're saying it back to me. So it's not like a medium where I'm giving them the information. They're seeing the movie and they're telling me what they're seeing. So anyway, all the, uh, she called them Jesus men looking people in the place of life body selection. were like, well, I don't know what to do with this soul. And so, Finally, we figured out a place to go where there was some higher wisdom. And she went to, quote, Mr. Mighty, who she said was dressed like a, looked like a cross between Santa Claus and a king. He had like a staff and a robe sitting in a throne. Um, And she said, this is where you go when you're in trouble. Like the mean supervisor when you're in trouble. And I'm like, and I'm like, it's all, they told me it's all love on the other side. Like, how is this possible? And then when we got there, Mr. Mighty said, child, you need to shape up or we're not going to let you incarnate anymore if you keep wasting lives that she had given up in that life. And and they were upset about that. And so um, I was like, oh, my goodness. But it ultimately was a loving message because Mr. Mighty said, I'm so sorry I was so hard on you in that last time. And now she's too hard on herself. So she kind of needed to lighten up. So ultimately it was a loving message, but initially it was Mr. Mighty and she was in trouble. Oh, and then when we went to her soul group, they were sitting, smoking, drinking, laughing in a pub with a fireplace. Um, And their names were, her name was Kamir. That's what her guide was calling her. Kamir, Kamir, Kamir. Eventually we found out her name was Bliss, but her name was Kamir. The other souls were named Roger that and hell yeah. And they were just kind of rogue, smoking, drinking, laughing, wild souls. And I was brand new and I was like, holy cow. Yeah, walk, walk into that room. That's, gonna, that's really interesting. That would be a, mm-hmm. an eye-opening. Uh, it, like, I was. It's a hold on to your hat yeah. experience. Holy Mr. Smokes. Mighty. <laughs> mm-hmm. Being called into the principal's office. And, mm-hmm. and oh, and then before she incarnated again, everybody was sitting around the Jesus men, Mr. Mighty. Everybody was kind of sitting there, kind of wishing her well. And her guide was kind of like a wait and see approach. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, it was the, pretty crazy. The, the smoke and the drinking, the, and all those other names that kind of 
Hell no. What did you say? Hell no. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Roger that. Those were her soul group people. Those were her soul group names. Yeah, that sounds like a bunch of old, good old boys sitting around a fire mm-hmm. pit and mm-hmm. having a good time. Exactly. That's really funny. Um, let's talk about how somebody can take their own experience, get to meet you, get to, to talk to you, get to understand how uh, they can meet their spirit guide and, and receive guidance and um, you know, just take a journey. Um, they're welcome to book a discovery call on my website, lifebetweenliveshypnosis.com. And it's just a, a call where we can chat and find out what questions they might have and see if it might be something that would work for them. And then also, Michael, we mentioned that I started a podcast a couple of months ago, and it's called Soul Guide. So if anybody wants to listen to some of these stories, we have about 10 episodes so far. We're doing it every week live, actually, Fridays at 1230 Pacific Time. But it's on YouTube, uh, Facebook, which is our Life Between Lives Hypnosis Facebook page. And then it's on all the podcast channels as well, Soul Guide. And links to that are on your website, lifebetweenliveshypnosis.com, correct? You know, we're getting in the middle of putting up a media page. We're just kind of getting caught up because it sort of has taken off. So it should be up there soon. But it's on Apple and Amazon and Spotify and everywhere if they just look up Soul Guide. I'll find it for you and I'll put it in the show notes so that everybody has a direct link so that they have it there. Bondi, if somebody wants to uh, to connect with you and they want to be able to explore this option into getting a glimpse of the uh, hereafter or the afterlife you know, or a glimpse of heaven or the in-between, um, mm-hmm. I, I know that uh, we talked about your website and how to get there and so forth, but do we have to do this in person or can this be done remotely? Yeah, great question. So. I invite people to come to my office in Southern California, but we can also do them remotely. I've done someone in Canada. I have someone booked for the UK next month. So yes, we do them remotely. In fact, pre-COVID, the Newton Institute only allowed us to do them in person. But with COVID, they expanded and they let us try it. And it took off so much that now we're able to reach people in places that, because there's only, like I said, a couple hundred of us that can now go into all kinds of places that we didn't used to be able to reach. And we just do a little Zoom pre-session to make sure the camera is working, they can hear us, we can hear them and all that. Um, We just do that complimentary beforehand. And then, yeah, it works beautifully. I always tell people the guides don't care if we're in the same room or other planets. I mean, it just makes no difference. So they still get what they would get, whether they're in person or remote. So thank you for asking. That's fantastic. Thank you. Monty, I really appreciate you spending the time on the show here today and sharing those journeys and sharing your journey. Especially, I think that uh, it's given us an opportunity to kind of inspire people and motivate people, educate people in regard to uh, what lies beyond and that we all have an opportunity to take a glimpse of that like we all want to. So um, thank you for being you. Thank you for uh, taking a a new journey for yourself and then uh, sharing that with us. Oh, thank you, Michael. It's my pleasure. It's Uh, great to be here. This is one more thing before you go. So before we go, uh, do you have any words of wisdom? Oh, wow. I should have thought of that, huh? One more I, thing before we go. That's what I'm here for. See. Oh. Um, I was just going to say, when I had my sessions, they told me to stop being a talk therapist and to do this. So my one more thing would be to find your whatever do this is and do that. Excellent. And I think this is yours, Michael. 
Thank you very much. Those are excellent words of wisdom, and thank you for the kudos. I appreciate that as well. It kind of kind of makes me feel good to know that I'm in the right place at the right time. So again, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you very much for sharing your journey. And everybody needs to uh, take a glimpse of the other side. Um, so thank you. My pleasure. Again, thank you very much for joining us on this program today. We really appreciate Appreciate each and every one of you. Please do not forget to subscribe and or follow us. And you, we can be found on every platform out there. Do not forget that we have a free app on iOS and Android, Google Play. Uh, for one more thing before you go, just look for that, where you can have instant access for everything. One more thing before you go, check it out. And uh, don't forget to follow us on social media as well. And again, one more thing before you go, have a great day. Thanks for listening to this episode of One More Thing Before You Go. Check out our website at beforeyougopodcast.com. You can find us as well as subscribe to the program and rate us on your favorite podcast listening platform.